Welcome to the No More Mondays podcast, the show that inspires confident professionals by interviewing people who actually enjoy what they do for work. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with founders, entrepreneurs, and employees who have figured out that special sauce, the magic, the mystery to having no more Mondays. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the No More Mondays podcast. Today, we are welcoming Helen Day to talk about the power of positive psychology. We're continuing a little international theme as we welcome Helen all the way from the UK, where she is making waves in the world of training and coaching. So get ready because she and I are going to affirm a lot of each other's perspectives over and over again as we dig into applied positive psychology, coaching, and her recent research on how to engage Gen Z in the workplace. Now there's a topic I love. It's a can of worms of the very best kind. So let's dig right in. Helen, welcome to No More Mondays. Angie, thank you so much for having me on here. I'm really pleased and excited to have a conversation with you. I am too, uh, for a few reasons. First, we 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 have some complementing kind of sandboxes that we play in, in the whole workforce world. And I love that you come from the science background. And I'm also very curious to talk a little bit about kind of your findings about this research in the UK and the US and the workforces and where we see overlaps and similarities or where there's differences, because I think there's a lot of listeners out of out there who will find this really interesting. So let's talk about you first before okay. we get into kind of all this Gen Z stuff. So uh-huh. um, you've got a, a very interesting background, recent studies, research, but let's just get an idea of what you're up to right now. Give us kind of your elevator pitch and tell everybody a little bit about you. Ah, okay. The elevator pitch. Um, So I am the founder and director of Positive Leaders. We are a positive psychology consultancy based here in uh, sunny south of England. And we work with all different types of organizations and schools um, really to focus in on finding a way to allow um, individuals and teams and organizations to thrive and flourish by using evidence-based tools from the world of positive psychology. So it's all about human connection it's all about how noticing noticing when we're getting it right and how we can build upon I think it's so relevant especially just even in this very snapshot of today with how much we all want connection but also the generational stuff that we're going to get more into and how many generations are in the workforce and how different they all are even Mm -hmm. more so than before and this aspect of really how to bring it all together and be very aware and conscious of it I mean, at the moment, uh, leaders are facing uh, the unusual um, position of having five different generational cohorts um, at work. And it's the first time that's happened. And actually, we've got to get our heads around this because I think in my research, I found that by 2050, I'm not certain I'm still going to be working by 2050, but a lot of your (laughs) listeners might be. By 2050, Angie, we're going to have 15 different cohorts in the workplace at any given time. So we really have to start being flexible in our understanding of um, of how we can bring about that human connection. I think everybody out there from a career perspective would love to understand how you got here. So what's your journey and how did you get into this kind of work? Okay, so Angie, I would quite like to understand how I got here because this was (laughs) never planned. 
Uh, I never had a career plan. I actually started uh, 30 years ago uh, working as a teacher in secondary education. And um, I moved through to being, I've always had an interest in pastoral care. And I recognized from an early stage that actually I needed to work with my teachers to um, help skill them up so they could make the experience better for our learners in the classroom. We have, you know, if we have happy teachers in the classroom, that's going to have a positive effect on uh, the kids in our classroom and how they engage with, with the work. And from that, I actually went into um, I went into training and coaching in the education world. And then about 11 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago, just after I had my daughter, I decided to retrain and I retrained as a cognitive hypnotherapist. And during that training, I came across this world of positive psychology. And in it, it just pulled together all the strands of what I had instinctively known in as much of you know, looking after people, looking after their well-being and how that how important that is um, for all of us. And I found a master's in applied positive psychology and coaching psychology. And uh, I started to uh, do that study. And from that study, I'd already started to go into organizations and start to talk about leadership. And I realized that what I was uh, discovering through that uh, study at university was a whole load of tools and techniques that I could take into the workplace. Because I quite often say um, to my clients that we feed what we focus on. And invariably, in our organizations, we focus in on the challenges. We focus in on where we didn't get it right. And there's definitely a place for that. But I genuinely believe that we need to we need to balance that focus and be focusing in on where we are getting it right, because people then are engaged. They are enthusiastic, they're motivated and they genuinely want to do what is what is right for themselves and their organization when they when they feel there's an alignment between those two states. We talk a lot on No More Mondays about that value alignment in your career, and oftentimes that leads to that satisfaction piece. And Mm. I find it really interesting that right from the get-go, you're like, I don't really know how I got here. Let's call it a very (laughs) organic journey, Helen. Absolutely. I like that. Exactly. And sometimes that leads you exactly where you're supposed to be because you didn't try to control it. You Mm. just took the doors that opened, which I'm a huge fan of. But I think it's really interesting how it led you to this research right on the cusp of a very interesting time to be researching something like that. And and it probably def, it probably changed some of the outcomes, but I think probably heightened the awareness around um, everything that's going on in that little ecosystem to make your research even more applicable. I agree. It's my personal, my and this is this is purely my own uh, perceptions of Gen Z. I think they are remarkable absolutely remarkable as a generation and they are coming into the workplaces with an entirely different set of expectations um, as to what that working world can bring them and will bring them and they are massively shaped from the world um, that they grew, grew up in they are the only generation this is the first generation who has never been without technology you know so they're getting they and Gen Zers will often have four or five devices going at the same time. I mean, I literally have a laptop, and if my phone goes at the same time, my brain just goes into meltdown. <laughs> um, but our Generation Zs, you know, can work that technology. 
we need to, as organizations, be really clear about supporting the overall well-being of our Gen Zers coming in. They're also looking for, you know, I've spoken to a lot of leaders for part of my research, and there is a joke that, you know, you invite a Gen Zer in on the first day and you ask them to make you a cup of tea and they make it and they look for a promotion immediately. And um, there is that this sense of, you know, if I do this, I expect to be promoted really quickly. And so organizations really have to be aware of this um, ambition that is coming out um, of the Gen Zers and finding a way of moulding that ambition in a way that supports the Gen Zers and their uh, their progress through our organisation, but also supports the organisation in a really good way. Because one of the things that that leaders have said to me is that you know the Gen Zers want promotion, but they you know they just don't have the understanding or the experience yet. So exactly. as leaders, we've got to find a way of how can we how can we give them a voice? How can we give them that autonomy? How can we um, uh, help them feel as if they're making a difference in an organization, which the Gen Zers want to do in a way that is congruent with their level of understanding and experience within our organizations. And that's a challenge, I think, for organizations. We could be thinking about things like reverse mentoring. So for example, if I had an organization and I had Gen Zers in here, I would want a Gen Zer to come in and mentor me about how to use technology because I can barely turn my laptop on. And if I do, I congratulate myself. What if we were to use that wealth of experience that our Gen Zers have to come in and, you know, we mentor them in the world of business, but they can mentor us in um, in the strengths that they have because they do have a lot of strengths. We're talking a lot about mentorship during this season of No More Mondays. Okay. And I love that aspect of how you brought in the idea of the reverse mentorship. Mm. And what you're talking about is there's a huge rise in what we call corporate social responsibility here mm-hmm. in the U.S., giving people an outlet to grow or even take ownership or to contribute in a more well-rounded way that isn't just, I take on more responsibility, I lead people, I move up a ladder. And I think being aware of that is very important to engaging not just Gen Z, but all of your people and Mm. building a really like well-rounded corporate culture. Is that how we engage the Gen Zers is not that as leaders, we expect the Gen Zers to change but we as leaders have to change. And uh, the most compelling way to engage Gen Zers is through supportive leadership. That came out loud and clear in my research. And the constructs behind supportive leadership is, is feedback and how often we give feedback and the quality of feedback. So I don't know about you, Angie, but when I first started uh, my teaching career, I, was, I got feedback sort of once a year, formal feedback. Gen Zers are looking for much more feedback than the the normal, you know, six monthly or twelve monthly performance management reviews. They're Absolutely. looking for reward and recognition. And again, how can we reward and recognise them? And actually, I think the recognition is more important than the reward. You're right; they're not looking necessarily for financial reward. They won't say no to it. But to be honest, none of us would say no to financial yeah, reward. Exactly. It's that recognition of going. Do you know what? I see you. I recognise you, and you're doing really well. And also for us as leaders to manage their expectations, this is pretty much one of the first cohorts that are ever coming into the workplace with no work experience. You know, I started work when I was 14 or 15. You know, I learned how to be. 
Some of them don't even have internship experience. And so they're coming in and they don't know how to be. And so it's up to us through our level of supportive leadership to manage those expectations, to create a pathway through for them where they can find those touch points of success, where they can use their strengths, where they can use everything that they've gathered and that the workplace is still a learning place. You know, they know that education has not equipped them for the working world. They are looking for a really strong and positive training and development opportunities from the day that they walk in. They want to learn. They want to be part of a positive working culture, but they don't necessarily really know what that means. And it's up to us as the leaders of those companies to show them and to demonstrate to them um, how it how it is in a working place. Which means, hey, hiring managers and recruiters out there, stop writing entry-level job descriptions that require one to three years of experience. Yeah, because yeah. that's not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. And, it, and it, frustrate, it frustrates new college grads because yeah. they're like, well, how the heck am I? It's a complete catch-22. How are you supposed to get experience when you don't have experience and you, you need the experience to get the experience? And there is... Yes, training takes time. However, it builds staff retention and loyalty. And uh, if you go at it with that servant leadership mentality Mm. of wanting to give to people, that's not a vulnerable style of leadership. That's just saying people are people and I'm going to meet them where they're at. And I think that's the bigger shift that has to happen with, let's say, the older two or three generations who are in those management positions and up. And trying to figure out how they how they meet these kids, for lack of a better term, there's an old person thing to say. <laughs> I was talking to a people manager of quite a, quite a well known company over here, and he was saying that he notices that the the leaders of that particular organisation will walk around at six thirty, seven o'clock at night, just checking to see who's at their desk. And guaranteed, they won't find the Gen Z there because the Gen Z um, come in with um, a sense of work-life balance. For example, yeah, they definitely. know they know you know work is important, but so is life. And do you know what was really interesting, Angie? This was highlighted by, by every leader that I spoke with, and every leader saw it as a positive. They, they, it was said almost in a wistfully way of going, "Oh God, I wish <laughs> we'd done that." Because I was there, you know, I would go above and beyond because that's what was expected of me. But the Gen Zers, they have got this understanding of work-life balance, which I think we should be supporting because if we And respect, we should respect it. Yes, because that's leading them down the path of well-being. And that's what we want. We want our staff. Um, There was a really interesting case study um, of a company, and I think they made surfboards. It was over in Australia. um, And this wasn't with Gen Z, I don't think. But it was really interesting. The the owner of the company went, do you know what? I want you in at 7 o'clock in the morning. I want you to be gone at 12 o'clock. You can have a quick coffee break, but there's no lunch break. You work. And then at 12 o'clock, you go out. You surf. You go and barbecue. You go and meet up with your friends. You do whatever you want. You don't work. Um, And he kind of hoped that profitability would stay at the same level and he looked at it the following year and it had gone through the roof because they were given that sense of what you do here is important but what you do out of here is equally important Mm -hmm. you are what you know we want you to be well-rounded people with a good work-life satisfaction and when we have people with a high level of life satisfaction as organizations we're going to benefit from that hugely 
And productivity goes up when you yeah. treat people like they're people and allow them space for what they want to do. Absolutely. Your productivity, productivity goes up because people are working in the hours of the day that they work best. And they have that work kind of work-life balance, which is a perfect segue. I'm curious kind of how you found balance. What are routines and habits that you've incorporated to make sure that it, the scales balance? So that's a really good question. I'm not certain I can answer it. Uh, succinctly but I use so for one of the things that I do is that I know one of the most important things for our well-being is having uh, having positive emotions during our day having a wealth of positive emotions and positive emotions could be contentment it could be calmness it could be happiness it could be excitement and I actively seek seek out those moments where I've got um, those heightened positive emotions and I might find it walking my dogs down the beach I'm incredibly lucky I live about five minutes from the beach so I might find it just making sure that I take kind of half an hour 45 minutes at lunchtime to go out to the beach and to enjoy um, enjoy that uh, environment enjoy playing with the dogs um, I have as I've just mentioned 11 year old child my goodness children get us to touch base they laugh so much um, they uh, enjoy life so much and just entering into my daughter's world gives me that balance and I also come from a point of strength so I know what my strengths are strengths are those things that come uh, really um, that come really easily to us our strengths when we use them they're really energizing they're authentic um, and so I make sure that during the day I use my strengths my personal strengths are in humor and social intelligence um, and uh, also bravery so those are my three top strengths and I make sure that I use those strengths in so social intelligence I love delivering uh, training whether I, that's online or face-to-face -face. and what I'm doing there is using my social intelligence all the time so I find I find pockets of the day where I can definitely develop um, and use my strengths and that creates balance so before we ask you for one more piece of advice I want you to let let's I would love for you to tell listeners where they can find you and just follow this amazing journey you're on tune into the research how do people find you Helen oh uh, they can find me by uh, my LinkedIn you can jump on LinkedIn and find look up Helen Day positive leaders and you'll find me on there um, and uh, I also have a website www.positive-leaders.co.uk um, uh, so it would be lovely uh, if you've listened to this just to for you to reach out and, and let me know it would be it would be lovely very exciting as well Absolutely. And as I mentioned, there are so many amazing suggestions in here, but I would love you to just give us one more. What's your best piece of advice on what our listeners can do to get one step closer to a more enjoyable career or to creating that for others? Okay. So I've talked about strengths and I think whether you are going into the workplace for the first time or you have been working for the last 30 years, knowing what your strengths are, and having conversations with other people as to what they perceive your strengths to be. And you start having some strengths-based feedback within your organizations. And you can then start to match people's strengths with their with the jobs that they're doing. Um, and so find out what your strengths are. You can go on to uh, VIA, Values, values in um, uh, Action Organization, and you can do a quick 
Um, you can do a quick survey. It takes about 10 minutes to do, and you can find out what your strengths are. And then using once you've found out what your strengths are, find a way of using them every single day. And as a leader, be curious about the strengths of the individuals in your team and the strengths of your team as well, because that then really starts to support a true connection in the workplace. So that would be my recommendation. I'm a big fan. I like uh, StrengthsFinder from Gallup. So okay. that's another awesome tool to be able to actually give people the ability to almost like quantify strengths and be able to define them. But that's just in general, it's a great suggestion because then you know how to feed your own strengths, feed other strengths and motivate, motivate people in the way they want to be motivated. Absolutely. Helen, this has been amazing. Thank you for being part of our show and joining the No More Mondays movement. Angie, I have absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for asking me on. I genuinely enjoyed talking to you. And we always love hearing from people who are enjoying what they do for work but also impacting what others are doing for work. So this this had a couple aspects of just very special No More Mondays overlaps. So for those of you out there listening, I would love for you to subscribe to No More Mondays and leave us a five-star rating because it is a huge help as we continue to inspire confident professionals with great stories and great resources like Helen has to offer. If you'd like to leave us comments, feedback, or drop a guest suggestion, visit us online at nomoremondays.info. Thanks for listening to this episode of No More Mondays. We hope you grabbed some great insights to help you improve your professional satisfaction. Please visit us at Apple iTunes and give us a rating so we can continue to offer you awesome interviews and content each week. No More Mondays, new episodes drop every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com. That's careerbenders, B as in boy, S as in Sam.com. This is your host, Angie Callen, signing off. Until next week, when we chat with another inspired, confident professional.